Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Panels and Bars. This is the podcast where we talk about hip hop culture and geek culture. I'm your host, BB Manic. And I'm Patrick. <laughs> and today we're talking about the first two episodes of Disney Plus's Loki, starring Tom Hiddleston and continuing on from his adventures in the MCU. Patrick, what did you think? Uh, I thought it was okay. Um, <laughs> uh, I think that, like, of the three, it's probably my least favorite opening, I would okay. say. Like, um, I think that, like, I but One Division and the uh, Captain America's rubbish friends, they both they both went somewhere that was boring and yeah. unsatisfying. So I'm I'm hopeful that it having a less like exciting start might mean that it's got more places to go because I felt like the other two raised a lot of interesting questions they didn't answer. Mm. Whereas with this one, I feel like it's been very exposition-y, very, there's been a lot of explaining. Uh, I'm not a big fan of time travel stories. Um, so, like, I think that, like, I, 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 I feel like it's not as understandable as Back to the Future, yeah. uh, but not as, not as kind of crazy as 12 Monkeys. It doesn't quite have that, like, uh, and they like, they spend a lot of time explaining things. And, like, I found that in the first episode, that bit where they, um, where they did the informational film was a bit much for me. Yeah. Um, it was, it was long and, and I was a bit, and I didn't feel like I understood better afterwards. I felt like I had more questions and I feel like every time they mention time travel, I have more questions always yeah. over and over again. Um, like, and I especially didn't like the, the bit where they were like, they were like, do you want to watch some MCU films? <laughs> hey Loki, hey Loki, like we like you, but you've not got the character development of the Loki from the end of Thor Ragnarok. So we were thinking, why don't you watch Thor Ragnarok and then and then afterwards maybe you'll feel like he did. Um and I appreciated that it wasn't like he didn't just turn into that Loki. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like he he reacted differently from how that Loki would have reacted, I suppose, yeah. because it's not the same experience. But it felt like if they could have had the Loki, if they could have had somebody jump in through the time door and grab him just before Thanos killed him, that's definitely what they would have done. Yeah. Because what they want is is finished Loki from after after all those films worth of exposition, not Loki from Avengers. Um, yeah. And that I felt was a little bit like, I don't know, like me and Beth watched the second episode right after we watched the season finale of The Handmaid's Tale. Um, and even when the plot of The Handmaid's Tale is silly, it's just so well acted and shot and 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 written and and the set design and the costumes and stuff are spectacular always. And it felt a little bit cheap looking after really? that. Really? Because I was gonna I was gonna say one thing that really struck me, especially in uh, the second episode, which I think is possibly the first time you've seen the future in the MCU. Yes. I, say, I thought there were scenes in that that looked better than the movies. I thought, I thought that, that was really funny where they were all like, well, the Avengers may have spent a lot of time fighting aliens and saving the world, but climate change is going to kill everybody anyway. <laughs> yeah. I was a bit yeah. like, oh, awesome. Well, I'm glad Captain America stopped those Nazis because <laughs> we're all going to die. Otherwise, otherwise, that giant hurricane couldn't have killed loads of people in 2050. Like, yeah, I mean, it it is a weird thing because there's there's stuff that they go for which makes sense tonally, 
And I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. I understand it. Like, if you look at a lot of the, the agents from the TVA, their attitude is, look, stuff has to happen. This person's going to die. They're inconsequential. Yeah. So they don't really care about bystanders. But then also, I feel like it contradicts the whole message of you guys wanting peace and harmony throughout the timelines. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, do they just want it for the sake of wanting it? Because they don't seem to care about human beings. Well, about, I guess they're a bit like some cops, though, aren't they? Like, where yeah. they nominally are there to help everybody, but then they don't seem to have a lot of interest in individual people's safety or happiness. Yeah. And then, like, another thing which is not really explained is, are they people? Yeah, like, that was the thing. Like, they said, I think... Um, I may be wrong here, but I think that they're going to, it's going to turn out that they've, that they're either all variants um, and that they don't remember for some reason, or that yeah. they've been like snatched from places through time and they don't remember for some reason. That would make sense. Yeah. Like I assume like, cause when in the second episode, there was a bit where he was talking to Owen Wilson and Owen Wilson was all like, you know, and he was all like, so they made you. And he was like, yeah, you know, like that's, that's just what I've been told. And that's what I believe. But I felt like it was kind of raising the question there of like, I mean, I assume also that maybe they don't exist at all, um, and that yeah. lady who's Owen Wilson's boss is, is you know, is, is in charge. I've I've read theories that either they never existed or they existed and died a while ago, and she found out, and she's just keeping up the facade. So yeah, like I mean, uh, I, and maybe that's what Lady Loki exists to. Maybe she's trying to strip that hole down and and, and expose that. Maybe. I mean, I got strong guy from one division vibes from his boss though you know like yes i'm in charge and you shouldn't trust me i'm <laughs> yeah. definitely not telling you the truth about my about what i'm doing like she didn't seem There's like a nothing nice... suspicious about these stone people that no one has ever seen except for me well also i thought it was notable that, like he was a bit like oh you've got another agent running around and and she was a bit like and he and he looked at the pen and was like i don't remember this this one like, yeah. like he seemed to think that all of the missions that she, had anybody had ever done for her should be done by him. Um, yeah. But I thought that, I think that, again, uh, I guess comic book spoilers here, but I know that in the comics, the TVA is all clones of Mobius. Yeah. Uh, it's run entirely by a, a million Owen Wilsons. So yeah. I wonder if it's going to turn out that she's got more than one of him. Yeah. Uh, variant versions of him or whatever running about doing missions and that he's going to, maybe they're going to encounter another Mobius at some point. I was um, thinking that because obviously, like you said, he's really got this strong, I'm her va favorite vibe. And um, it's like, yeah, Mobius probably is her favorite, but you're not the only Mobius. So <laughs> Yeah. And like, also, I think that like, uh, I thought that the reveal of, of, of female Loki was, was pretty obvious. I did too, but what actually surprised me was I really thought they were going to drag it on for six episodes. Yeah, And absolutely. then eventually throw the quape off. So, and just going by the other shows that Marvel has done so far, Disney Plus, I have a feeling that she's not the ultimate big bad. No, there's gonna there'll, there'll be some sort of twist to that. Yeah, um, I can't remember who the casting is, but there's a famous. I think Richard E. Grant's in it. Richard E. Grant. I think a lot of people have a theory that he's going to be a future Loki. So he's I mean, he would Loki he would make a good old Tom Hiddleston. Yes, he? exactly. Yeah. Um, I wonder if maybe old Tom Hiddleston will be the timekeepers. Like, if everybody is going to be variants of Loki, if there's going to be a because you know he was kind of all like, I want to take over the TVA. I think it yeah. would be funny if it turned out that in fact he had already taken over the yeah, TVA. Yeah, that would be great. It, it could even be through some sort of time messing, a future version of literally our Loki. Yeah. Uh, like, but I'm not really sure. And I like that. Like, I hope that it's going somewhere 
that I'm not that I couldn't easily predict because like and like you say I'm glad that they did I'm glad they threw the cape off because when I saw the first episode and they didn't show the face I was a bit like yeah, it's female Loki it's female Loki <laughs> <laughs> like, like, and obviously like from the comic books I know that Loki is relatively gender fluid as a character yeah. and it seemed obvious to me again like always with these things it might be that to a casual audience that's not obvious yeah well it's funny actually because so you and i spoke about it um we text each other about it and i was talking to a colleague at work who is very new to the mcu but she loves everything so far but she's only ever watched the mcu she doesn't read books and she hasn't seen any animated series and so when I said, I have a pretty strong hunch that that's female Loki, she went, oh, everything's got to be gender fluid and race this. And I was like, no, no, I was like, no, no. For like literally decades, Loki has not cared. So this isn't Marvel trying to be woke. This is like Loki. Everyone forgets that, you know, Tom Hiddleston is not Loki's true form. He is a frost giant. So anything outside of that is just a, another mask for him to wear, you know? So. Well, also, I kind of think that, like, the thing I always think about, like, I remember having conversations with people when they cast Michael B. Jordan as 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 Johnny in Fantastic, um, and, like, I personally am of the opinion that they should change as many characters as they can to not be white men. Um, I'm in favour of all non-white man versions of existing characters because, <laughs> like, you don't get the budget and the public recognition if you use a new name for a new character. Yeah. Like, and so either you accept that you're never going to get that budget and recognition for anybody who isn't a white dude, or you change some of them into non-white dudes. And yeah. I'm kind of, I kind of just think that that's that that makes sense. Like, a lot of these characters were established literally 50 years ago when being a white dude was the only available option in yeah. media. And I just think that it makes more sense to like, like I remember having conversations with people where they were all like, Johnny's supposed to be Sue's brother and he's black. And I was a bit like, yeah, I was like, I was like, yeah, maybe, maybe her parents adopted him. Crazy idea here. Maybe yeah. his parents adopted her. <gasps> Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I remember years ago when there was the campaign before Andrew Garfield eventually got the role, there was the campaign, viral campaign to get um, Childish Gambino to be Spider-Man. Yes. And he said, you know, I opened up my inbox and I got exactly what you expect. I got loads of hate and N-word this and go home and we don't want no black Spider-Man. He said, none of that pissed me off because I expected it. He said, what did piss me off was this guy who wrote me this letter that and that seemed well-intentioned and I'm sure he's a nice guy. But what he said to me was, he said, what you need to understand is that there aren't black people like Peter, so it's unrealistic. And he was like, <laughs> he was like excuse me, it's 2016. You're telling me there's not a black guy that likes photography and lives with his aunt and is into science. Like He's like, that's the one that got me. Is yeah. There are clearly these people that just have these expectations that, you know, we all just listen to hip hop with our boomboxes and afros. And well, that's we kind of one of my it. problems. That's kind of one of my problems with Miles is that I feel that there's a difficulty where like you want to represent black experience right but also you don't want to be all like this is the hip-hop spider-man yeah <laughs> like, and i think a big thing as well with a lot of people from for miles is that he was created by brian michael bendis who yeah, yeah does have black adopted kids but is also very very white yeah um, so as, as you know as a, as a black as a black person it's 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 that double-edged sword you hit the nail in the head where I would like to see original black characters, but I, as you said, I know they're not going to get that push. So kind of the best compromise is to have a black Captain America and a black Spider-Man. And, you know, I've, I, I, we can't speak for our female listeners, but I wonder how it must feel for Loki. I mean, I, like I said, I guess the only consolation is he doesn't really see gender or race or anything. They're all just masks that allow him to, you know, create these constructs or these tricks. And, you know, maybe we'll find out more about her 
and maybe she, maybe in her universe or where she's type where she's splintered off from maybe she was always female well um, i think there's something genuinely progressive as well about the idea of a character who just doesn't really see gender as yeah. a thing who's yeah. just all like yeah like, like now i'm a woman now I'm, like it who genuinely like because what it, my experience in the comics generally is that loki seems to think that our human ideas about the giant differences between men and women are ridiculous yeah. and that all of it is basically just you know variations on a single thing um and i like that idea i think that's i think that's a really interesting idea and i like i am very much of the opinion that i've watched enough films about white guys you know full stop really white guys like, called and, chris <laughs> you know what i mean like like if, if somebody said to me they're banning white guy films i would be all like cool fair like we've had a go let somebody yeah. else. Let somebody else. What's well, funny because you know we, you and I the, the other week we were talking about um, the MCU versus the Mission Impossible franchise, um, and I was thinking about the Fast and Furious franchise, which is now ballooned into this weird. It's so far removed from its origins, but when I'm trying to look at the positives, if you look at, in terms of representation, it probably has more black, Latino, and female lead characters than any other franchise. Yeah, well, we watched me and me and Beth watched Annihilation uh, last night, and it's about five female scientists. Um, and I had this moment where I was all like, "It's not not exactly a common sight, is it?" In a in, no, in, at a, all, in a yeah, movie, which like, is and, quite sad to say in two thousand twenty-one. And there is just like, and it is a spectacular film. It's fantastic, and and you know, it doesn't need to be anything other than what it is and it doesn't like i don't know i just feel like representation is easy if you just respect humans as equally See, the sad, valid the sad thing is the sad thing is because obviously marvel is quite beholden to the chinese market and as we all know the chinese market is like nope you will all be straight you will all be white and we will enjoy it and it's oh a real God, shame you... because go on oh, uh, some of the some of the rules that the chinese censors have are much like have you read the list of things like you're not allowed to have ghosts no ghosts in okay. Chinese in movies that are released in China. Like you can have like spirits, yeah. but you're not allowed to suggest that after death people persist in this plane <laughs> as ghosts. Because the Chinese government have decided that that is a dangerous and subversive idea. And I'd love to I'd love to know what conversations led to that. I assume it's probably some aspect of Chinese uh, culture or or, yeah. or spiritual beliefs or whatever. But like I just I remember I was reading the list and I was all like. That's really specific. It is, yeah. Something that, like, especially that, that must be really difficult for Western movie studios who love ghosts. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, who, like, who churn out ghost movies all the time, and they're all like, it was ghosts. There were ghosts. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. I wonder, like, I wonder how they feel about like Santa. Like, because yeah. like, because Western media loves, even if it's completely unrelated, to be all like, but Santa's real, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> um, which I think is also kind of a weird vaguely supernatural idea that we all yeah. just kind of happily yeah, accept with, yeah like like i like that like even in otherwise grounded media quite often they'll be all like but santa's real right yeah. like and then you get that age-old question of where where do those parents think the presents are coming from right like if if like I, I, with my kids i used to give them like one present from santa and tell them the rest of them were from me because i'm not giving my credit to some right? I'm, I'm, i didn't work all year by presents so that some some also when you look at something like the santa claus franchise and it just makes you think so does to escape this hell that he's in does he have to be murdered by someone who will then inherit the hell it's it's really fun until you actually think about the mechanics of how that franchise works and then it's horrible 
What I think about the Santa Claus is that it's really, really bold to be all like, you know what Santa needs is a bit more Highlander. <laughs> <laughs> you too can be Santa. Right? You must track down the original Santa. There can only be one. Exactly. Um, and then you must kill him. And then you must trick a woman into marrying you who will also be doomed to this life of living with a thousand elves. <laughs> does she turn into a... Does, does her appearance... Like he, his, it, I it, think her appearance changes, but I do seem to remember her pregnancy is like a third of the normal length. It, it warps, seems horrible. <laughs> it warps their physical bodies. Like yeah. that's, that's that's like that's body horror shit. Yeah, like, I think there's I mean? literally like, a segment where he tries to get fit and he does, and then he wakes up again. And it's like, no, you're fat Santa. This is your life. <laughs> well, also, it's the fact that when he goes to the when he goes to the North Pole, they're all like, yeah, you're right, you're Santa now, and like no one's sad. Like to them, Santa's not a person. He's just like this. He's just this role that needs this, to be filled. Yeah, like <laughs> like like they have no. They have no feeling for the old Santa. They have no like. They they're not like ah. Oh, like, oh, the new guys here. Yeah, there's no memorial for Santa sixty five before the <laughs> new one. Kind of, you know. What I mean, like it's just like I feel. But I feel like that's the thing is that like that's that is for me the problem with the time travel exposition is that if you spend too long trying to ex- explain things, you always end up in a situation where all you're doing is making it more obvious that time travel doesn't make any fucking sense. Yeah. Like, like, because between Tilda with her, with her long gold branch and, um, and the bit where they're talking about whether or not it works like Back to the Future in Endgame, which is, which is one of the most, we're in a movie and we all know sequences that I've ever seen where they're being all like, and like, well, why can't we kill Thanos when he's a baby? Like th- those questions aren't for them. They're for Here's us. Here's the thing though. Here's the thing. I've never, I was never satisfied with that answer because their answer is okay. Yeah. But when we went back, like, I think they try and say that if we went back, it would change our branch, but it wouldn't change other branches. It's like, okay, that's fine. You live in your branch. Just kill Thanos. I thought it was the other way around, that they go back in time and it will change another branch, but not theirs. So their reality will stay the same with Thanos Mm. alive, but a new timeline will be created where Thanos will be dead. And then the TVA will erase it. Um, Yeah, probably. And and it's the same with, like, assumedly there's another branch where Thanos left in 2014 and then Tony murdered him at the end of Endgame, right? (laughs) So that, that world's not got a Thanos. Like and, and and but but I guess maybe the TVA just went straight. Like I feel like they've taken the idea of multiverses and then decided that they're going to make it so that there aren't any. But see, then, I mean, like, the thing, the thing that made me laugh about that is, so you see the nice presentation video, and I think in, there's maybe four or five running alongside each other, and they all try and make them go harmonize into one, which is great. But as we all know, just in our life, forget a comic universe with its infinite possibilities. We could do anything. You and I chose to get up today and do this podcast, but you could have gone out and flashed your neighbor. I could have gone out and punched the postman. You know what I mean? There's seven million things we could have done that don't defy the laws of physics. So I find it quite funny that the TVA is sending out teams of three or four people and keeping the timeline in harmony. It that it just seems like they the, the rules seem quite wishy washy and quite flimsy. And yeah, and and like if they were just like the rules are whatever they need to be for this character-driven story. I'd be fine because, like, just like like Looper, just be like, there's that beautiful scene. They're in the diner. He's all like, we could talk about time travel all day, and it wouldn't make sense. And that is for me by far the best use of time travel yeah, in sure. any film that I've ever seen because it makes it very clear to the audience that what's what's important here is the people and how this affects them, not sitting about with a graph 
trying to work out how it works. And yeah. like, I think that that is the problem that I'm having is that like they just keep on being all like, well, here's how it works. And I'm like, I like, I don't really care. Yeah. Like, I feel like you could just cut those scenes yeah. and present this with everything. Like, because so, you know, one thing I did think about when they had the animated commercial and like, hey, you're at the TVA and this is how everything works. I felt like this is doing two things. It's trying to do the heavy lifting for the rest of this show. And it's also trying to do the heavy lifting for Doctor Strange. Because as we all know, Doctor Strange is multiverse of madness. And I think they realize, oh, that's around the corner. We haven't really introduced this concept to the mass audience yet. So we need to start then, sticking it in there. But why explain it as multiverses are bad and we don't let them happen? Like, I assume so that at the end of this, maybe a multiverse will be formed and everyone will be all like, that's scary. Benedict cool, Benedict Cumberbatch. But, <laughs> like, I just feel like, I don't know, like, it just all feels a bit, because, like, the stuff with Loki, when he's not watching MCU films or, 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 or instructional videos, like, I really liked the bit where he arrived at the TVA and, like, with, with his clothes and the, and the stack of paper about which was everything he's ever said and stuff. Like, with the, the part with his clothes, right? Did you notice that Tom Hiddleston is ripped? I think that I think that if you want to be in any sort of film, they're all like get super ripped, and then you can turn it around. It must and be like, because I'd always figured he was just like a little weed, and I guess everyone's going to look like that compared to Chris Hemsworth. But I seen when he was naked, I was like, he is really buff. When did this happen? Yeah, well, and also I feel like it's really weird because like I get it, like it's like I get why Captain America has to be like hench. It makes sense. You know what I mean? Yeah. I get why Thor has to be a big old beast. But I always find it really weird when like Ant Man's super muscly. And it's yeah. Been, like, does he, does Ant-Man... I guess the excuse they try and give you for that is that he was in prison for a while, so I guess he had to be hard to protect himself. I don't know. Yeah, and like, and I get it with Spider-Man, it kind of does it to his body. It does it to his body, anyway, yeah, yeah. So, like, that's fair. But yeah, like, it doesn't really feel to me like Loki, like, it, I don't I mean, really the one excuse I could guess is, I guess, like, if you could make yourself look like anything, why wouldn't you give yourself a six-pack? Sure, and he's also like a pretty badass knife fighter. Yes, and I assume yeah. that you don't become like an awesome physical combatant without getting into decent shape. Yeah. Um, but I very much feel like there's somewhere at Marvel they're all like, if a man takes off his shirt, he better look good. I mean, I don't, I don't know if you've seen some of the shots of the guys from the Eternals. There's been a few uh, leaks of them like leaving the gym, and there are a lot of people who work out who are like, yeah, that's a hundred percent human growth hormone because you don't just become ripped like that in six months. Um, yeah. So there's a lot of belief that a lot of these guys are like juicing up to get that big that quick. I also guess it depends as well on like, like again, certainly for Captain America, that's a very physical role. Like you, like if you're going to do, I understand they have stunt people, but if you're going to do any of the acting that you need there, I assume like if you're going to do a take where they need Chris Evans's face running. He's probably going to have to run that 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 hundred meters fifty times. Do you know what I yeah. mean? Like, so you do need to be in excellent shape to do some of the stuff that people want you to do for action movies. Yeah. Um, like, but yeah, like I think that it kind of like I keep on coming back to uh, the Matrix where they ask him like, "Do you believe in fate?" And he's like, "No," because I don't like the idea that I'm not in control of what. I do. Yeah. And I think that that is kind of like, I assume that maybe that's going to be Loki's conflict because I think that what he really doesn't like about the TVA is the idea that, and they made him watch his whole life out and, and he is essentially there to provide character growth for other 
people repeatedly fail and then die and that's that's a really sad thing to know about yourself isn't it like and and i and i really it's it's weird as you said conflict is the right word because as you say it's a horrible thing to know about yourself but he also does seem self-aware enough that he realizes whatever i pursue doesn't matter whether i do it half-assed or if i throw myself into it i never seem to succeed i always seem to come up you know badly yeah, and I and, and the thing is that like there were bits when he was like he was kind of taking that in and thinking about it and stuff like when 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 Owen Wilson came in he was holding the tesseract and he was sad and beaten down and I thought that that was like I mean I, it always has to be said we've said it a lot of times already but he's spectacular as yeah. Loki yeah. and he sells a range of emotions like I loved the sequence in the desert where he was be where he, where he stood like just a little thing like it's the fact that he went and stood on the rock he didn't yeah. turn around and talk to those people he had to stand on something first to elevate himself above them yeah and make him look like he was important <laughs> and I love those like and he sells that stuff yeah so well like every single beat he is he like he's got like five emotions i really buy him as anthony hopkins's son 100%. because like you know, you know what else i do really like about this as well the episode where the clock is briefing him and he's like what are you are you really recording and another thing that they kind of brush over she's like a bit of both um but what i like about him is that he reminds you he's the god of mischief because his reaction is what a 10 year old reaction would be and he starts swatting her with a magazine yeah and, <laughs> and like and the thing is that those little moments i loved when they went in the second episode when they went to the renaissance fair and he immediately tried to enact some sort of ridiculous scheme to get them <laughs> to get them in trouble and like and you can't ever really tell whose side he's on and yeah. and like all of that stuff like i really like seeing that cuz because the other thing i suppose is that in all the in all the thor films you do know that loki's just going to fail yeah. do you know what i mean like you know that his schemes aren't going to work but in a series called loki where he's the protagonist i assume that we're going to see him triumph i in really some, want to in see some alternative form. realities where he's like a king or he's yeah, the and Avengers like or and I just, well, like, even if it's just this Loki in whatever happens to him in this series, like, yeah. I really like the idea of him getting to win one because, like, they've spent a long time building up the idea that, sure, he does bad things, but he's not a bad person. Yeah. He's just, like... See, that's another thing that, you, that made me laugh. So that there was that quick scene where we saw the variants they've already encountered and there was uh, one who's chosen not to shed his frost giant image so he's all blue there was one that was super ripped for some reason um a lot of people on online are theorizing that that's like a gamma radiated loki which is quite an amazing idea there was um, one who'd won the tour de france yes. <laughs> yeah. so uh, so what what that made me think is okay if there's all these variations of loki surely there's ten thousand variations of thanos who you know you know, well, maybe also, snapped everyone out of existence or didn't lose that final battle. So it's like, why did the, the TVA hate Loki so much? They're all giving him evil eye, but it's like, he surely can't be the biggest nuisance you've come up against. Also, what I can't really get is, if at this moment when they diverge from the prime timeline, they immediately killed them, how did he end up... Like, I get it with the Tour de France one, because I feel like they could be <laughs> they could not notice because it wouldn't create any major ripples. And at some point they would be all like, now it is. And so they would intercept him. But like, I don't really understand how he became like, like, how is there a world where he's a big, muscly, frost giant type thing? Yeah. If if the second he picks up the Tesseract and goes somewhere else, they're all, like, disintegrate him. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it just doesn't really... That doesn't really make any sense to me. 
again, it's one of those things where if they'd have just been all like, it doesn't matter. Like, yeah. don't, don't worry about this. It would be fine. But because I have they've to spent... say, and I hope I'm wrong in this, and maybe there's something we're not seeing, but so far, two episodes in, the TVA seem woefully inadequate at this job. I mean, the fact it took Loki to think of the apocalypse scheme, like, it's not that genius when you kind of figure out how the rules of these things work. So the fact that they've been following this variant for however long they've been following him now, her, and not realise that that's what she's doing... I, they just they're a team full of people with like floors full well, of admin teams that do this for a living and none of you have figured out that she's hiding in pockets of time i really like that i really like there's that branding and attitude to it where they're just all like we'll just send wave after wave of tv agents <laughs> to get horribly violent yeah and, and it's like if you not thought of maybe like because i guess they can't suspend operate but maybe i get why that can't they suspend like that, operations? Scene, that scene in the theater in the field with the five agents it's like okay this is this is requires more than five, and also I don't know. The minute he was like, "I smell oil," like, yeah. maybe get out of there. Maybe. Yeah. Or like, why aren't their uniforms fireproof? Also, yeah, this is another if... thing. They can like incapacitate Loki in five seconds, yet another one just sets them on fire and they all die. Well, and also like, if they can travel through time, why can't they suspend operations now? And then go back to the time when those things happened. Once they figured out what's going on, yeah. Like why? Why not? Why keep sending people in? And there was that weird line where Wilson was like, "Well, once the branch has happened, it it develops in real time." And like, obviously, that's the other problem is that like you just time, said time moves differently there though, so. and time doesn't really work in a place where you're all like, time doesn't work like it does yeah. for you here. It's a bit like cool. Like, and now I feel like I need another long, boring scene of exposition explaining how time works. Yep. But also, I know that when you do that, it won't make any sense because cause time doesn't work like that. Yeah. And and that's the problem is that, like, I want more Loki in his, like, in his element, tricking people, having some fun, getting thrown into weird situations. I like the kind of buddy cop vibe. You know what I mean? Like, they also him never really explain to Loki why he can't go back. Uh, I assume because they've destroyed the the variants that that allowed him. So I get that, but then surely them being the TVA, can you not just go back to that moment in time when he grabbed the Tesseract and then replace him and he doesn't grab the Tesseract? Yeah, and like, how do they know if it's never happened before? Right. And there's only one timeline. Also, also how what do was they the know? correction? Because if you remember what happened is then eventually Steve and and Tony have to go back to a time when the Tesseract was at, you know, the camp where he was created. So oh, yeah. if you reset that moment and he doesn't go with the Tesseract, do they still go back in time? Which means Steve doesn't get the moment with Peggy where he decides he's going to stay. And yeah, Tony so... doesn't get the catharsis from talking to his dad. Like, what, what are the rules? <laughs> and in fact, the entire plot of Endgame only plays out the way it does because Loki steals the Tesseract. Yes. The entire the tree, yeah, you're right. The trip back to the seventies is entirely contingent on him having taken the tesseract. So, I mean, I guess maybe they were supposed to fail to get the tesseract in some other way that didn't involve Loki escaping. Maybe, but I can't think of what that would be. Yeah, and that's the thing is that like it all feels a bit like it feels like they're writing backwards. Yeah, like and, they've and, started, and, and, and it just doesn't bode well for the Eternals, which is about a, pe- a group of people who could have helped Earth many times because they've been around for thousands of centuries um, and just chose not to. Just and yeah. I think there's nothing wrong with 
I don't know, the TVA being invented now or the Eternals being invented now and they have to work stuff out. But when you try and do all this exposition, yeah, it just seems like writing backwards. And I mean, I, it's funny because I feel like we're dumping on the show and I, I really like the second episode. I, like, yeah, I really I agree, enjoyed I, it, yeah. I agree with you like the first. I The first is very exposition-y and it's very, hey, previously on the Avengers. Um, but I'm going to talk about positives. Like I said, visually... All Marvel projects look the same. I think we know this. But I think I really like it. I like the use of colour. I think there's some great cinematography. I think visually, this I I, I like I I don't know if this uh to everyone listening to this, this is the second time we've had to record this because my recorder stopped working. Um uh, but on the first take, Patrick was saying he found it a little cheap compared to uh, the handmaid's tale. I um, think maybe that was this take. Maybe was that this take? I Who don't knows? know. See, yeah, time, time works, works differently, differently here. Yeah. <laughs> um but um I, I definitely, I thought the scene in Roxxon in that, in the future apocalypse world, I thought that was really visually impressive. I think a lot of the visual effects are really impressive. Um, Tom Hiddleston is just incredible. Um, I think a lot of the cast are really good. I, I like a lot of the, the comedy elements. Um, yeah, I think the main thing that holds it back is, unfortunately, it, it's built on this foundation of flimsy timelines and science that doesn't really hold up to any I think it's a tendency to over explain as well like so um I know you're not a Dragon Ball Z fan but like in Dragon Ball Z they had this problem where they had to keep on introducing enemies who are more powerful and then try to explain why said enemies hadn't appeared prior to this point and early on it's easy because aliens come to earth and they're all like oh shit these aliens are strong and then they go into space and they're like oh shit the aliens in space are even stronger um but at that point they kind of run out of ideas for how they're going to have more people who are stronger and so they start getting really weird like oh it's a being made from the cells of the heroes and that's how it's that strong and then later on they're just all like it's god like it's it's a god (laughs) it it was it was buried many years ago and and, now he's awoken and and now it's awoken yeah like and 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 it's this ludicrous long oh well well the wizards buried him and now we have to get the wizard capsule to open to and it's just stupid uh and in the more recent dragon ball z film they have another god who awakens except that the reasoning behind it is he was asleep like he's he's a god. He lives an infinite lifespan, and since the start of this series, he's he's been asleep, and now he's woken up. And that's like the whole. And actually, it works way better yeah. than trying to go in and write a, 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 a circuitous thing. Just being like, like I feel like it would work really well with the Eternals if you saw them go to sleep in like eighteen fifty, and then yeah. they just woke up, and yeah. they were like, oh, I wonder what we've missed. Yeah. And like, and it's also completely feasible that to them, all the things that have happened in the MCU wouldn't be that important. Which would be like, yeah. ah, well, you know, wives. Well, see, that's the thing, because, you know, one, I think that DC, surprisingly, actually did it pretty well with Wonder Woman, where it's like, well, wait, so there's an island full of amazingly super powerful women that could help us. It's like, yeah, we don't want to. Your problems aren't our problems. And she's really the only one that cares. The rest of them are like, yeah, let them kill each other. We're fine over here. And, like, it kind of makes them horrible people, but... Yeah, it, it it means it can ex- they can explain why they didn't help with Doomsday or they didn't help with all the various other things that have happened. They yes, I mean, didn't it, care. it does have some problems, though, in that they're all like, Wonder Woman was here in World War One, And yeah. then she worked in the art gallery for 70 <laughs> years. And then, and, then, and then Batman versus Superman. And you're a bit like, and nothing in that 70 years made her think that maybe she should get involved. Yeah. Like, and, and no one from the art gallery was all like, hey, you look a lot like that lady from World War World War One with all the superpowers. <laughs> and and nobody at the art gallery was all like, hey, you've worked here for 50 years and you don't age. Never aged. 
And then they're all like, oh, but also she did get involved in the 80s when yeah. she went on TV and did loads of superpower shit. <laughs> and it's a bit like, but nobody recognised And like that, again, feels like they've just been like, ah, we'll just stick. But even then, like, there's a level at which I kind of prefer when they're all like, fuck it, who cares? And they yeah. just present you with another story it, yeah. and they're all like, yeah, this is this is what's happening. Like, because... I'd rather watch that and be able to watch, well, I mean, not Wonder Woman 1984 or whatever it was called, because that was bad, but, like, just a movie that's just about Wonder Woman and doesn't really care if it fits in with the other ones than watch, like, an episode of TV which is, like, spending half its runtime trying to explain how it fits in with the other ones. Yeah. Which I guess is, like, the sacrifice I think we had to make with the series where, like, episode one was never going to be super exciting because it had to be like here's a bunch of new concepts you need to get to grips with and i will say that episode two did a lot less explaining than i thought it would i mean like obviously loki had to get to the theory of how female Loki is hiding but i think they did quite a bit and i quite liked it i think one of the problems for me as well is that have you watched the umbrella academy yes uh so i only watched that recently and they have a very similar time police force yeah uh, which I feel, and the thing is that they don't make any effort to explain it because part of it is that like it's a mysterious kind of antagonist, yeah, and you're not supposed to know how it works because it's it's part of the mystery bit. And I do feel that like if I'd have come into this totally fresh, and I would have been like, cool, like this is a really interesting concept, but because I've seen this concept recently handled, I think probably a bit better. Mm. It's a bit difficult then to be all like. It's like the Umbrella Academy, but with much exposition. Uh, but yeah, positives wise, what I would say is obviously all the character work's excellent. I really like the dynamic between uh, between him and Mobius. Yeah. Uh, I really enjoyed that sequence in the in the Mart where he was talking to the himself kind of, uh, but where she was doing that that uh, Proteus thing where she was passing from one person into the next. I think that's a great concept. It's also, a great... does he have that ability and he doesn't know? or like because they're not from different realities they're from different timelines so surely if she can do that he should be able to do that maybe he doesn't like doing that yeah maybe maybe he just doesn't like people not looking at his own face like, <laughs> yes, I, I totally buy that like the, <laughs> the, true. um i mean to be fair he did say like he even disapproved the way she did it he was like if it was me i would have picked someone with a suit yeah and with the flow <laughs> of time as well like we don't really know how long it's been since if she can hide in places and time can pass. We have no real reference. Like she could have been doing this from her perspective for years. Yeah. So she could be a very different person from him yeah. now because of the experiences that she's had along the way. Um, but yeah, I tell you what I really liked was how at the start the Marvel logo was kind of green and gold, like Loki's armor. Um, yes, I like that love too. that. Like <laughs> I love that little touch. That was really that was. Really I wish neat. they did more of that in the movies because I've seen one division. The first episode starts and it's it's fifties TV and it's all yeah. black and white and crackly. Um, and it seems like they're only going to do it for the TV shows. But like I am so tired of that five minute opening for the films now. Um, yeah, I, I, I am is, too. I wish it was. I wish it was short. I went and did like a marathon when I first got Disney Plus and you forget how short it was initially. I think it was maybe seven seconds. They, when they first started doing Marvel Studios, it's a couple of pages of comic book flicking. It Marvel, needs a boom. It needs a skip option, like the fucking it really, credits. It's just you know too, I mean? well, the like, things I used to love it, it used to get me hyped, but now it's just like the logo is sucking its own dick. You know, and there's been a few exceptions. I, I liked the Rest in Peace Stan Lee one. 
I like the rest in peace Chadwick Boseman one. But this thing of we're here for ten, we've been here for ten years, so you will now praise the logo. It's just too much. Just it's get really, it. it's really long. And similarly, the seven minutes of credits, like I keep on pausing it and being all like, oh, I got like twenty minutes left. Yeah. And then yeah, you know, and then you know, I go, I go to the toilet, I get a drink or whatever, and I come and sit back down. And then like five minutes passes, like now credits, and I'm yes. like, oh mate. Like speaking of credits, though, I didn't check them, but someone was telling me apparently she's not credited as Loki. No, um, so that, I think that I don't know if that's a clue or something. I think that from what I've heard in the original Spanish broadcast, she was credited as uh, what's the enchantress character called Sylvie? Or yes, whatever. Sylvie. Yeah. Um, but then they quickly tr- pulled that and, and replaced it with one where she was credited as like you know woman or whatever. Um, I I don't really think it makes any sense for her to be that character from the comic books, but. I mean, like Marvel generally just take the vague idea of comic book characters and replace them with something yeah. new. So I, 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 I don't know enough deep Loki. Like you know what I mean? Like I feel like if it was a Batman TV show, we'd both be able to be all like, "Oh shit!" It's you know, it's, that yeah. sing, it's that single <laughs> character from that one issue, <laughs> and like, and I, and I feel like we'd be able to be like, "It's Azrael," like you yeah. know what I mean, or whatever. <laughs> like even deep cut Batman lore. Or like X Men, like or Spider Man's law, we would be able to easily immediately be all like, "What's that guy from X Men called with the where his mutant power is having slugs instead of a stomach?" Maggot. Maggot. Yeah, yeah. Maggot. <laughs> like, like I feel like there's no there's no X Men Easter egg that we wouldn't be all like, "Yeah." That. <laughs> Whereas like I'm not, I don't really read Thor comics. I've, yeah. I, my experience with them is very much that they're shit. Um, <laughs> I, like I've tried. I've heard years. the Loki series that a lot of this is based on is is very good. Um, but it kind of launched around the same time where they relaunched Deadpool, where, I mean, I get why they did it, but a lot of it was like, hey, forget the 70 years of lore. It's all the stuff you like from the movies. And it's kind of like, well, yeah. I like the movies. I don't need to read them again. <laughs> like, have you read that comic book story where they replaced Nick Fury with a black guy? Yeah. And it turns out that he's, he's Nick Fury's, Nick Fury's son. Yeah. son. Yeah, this is the thing. And so technically MCU, Samuel L. Jackson, is David Hasselhoff's son. I don't know if they'll ever yeah. address that. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, there's just a like, well, but, no, but David Hasselhoff exists. In that in universe, MCU, exactly, yeah. So like, how does that work, right? Yeah. Like, that's the other thing I found To be really fair, was... though, to be fair, everyone always points out, if you look at um, Captain America's list, Star Wars is on that. So he's going to watch that and see Mace Windu and be like, wait a minute, what's happening? <laughs> Well, I mean, he's, yeah, I mean, I assume you'd see, there's probably more Star Wars people in Marvel films, right? There must yeah, be. possibly. I mean, I suppose Jane is, is Prince, is, 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 yes, is this is true. Yeah, like, Dallas, you know, yeah. like, there must be loads yeah, there's of people, be a few realistically, yeah. um, who are in both of them, especially like the prequels, because. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, Oscar Isaac is about to be Moon Knight, and, um, he's in oh, them, isn't Moon he? Moon Knight. Yeah, he's in, he's Poe in the new ones. Yeah, he's Poe, so um, there you go, so. Uh, yeah. Is, are you excited for Moon Knight? <laughs> I mean, the thing about Moon Knight is Moon Knight is, is a lot like the Punisher in that when he's good, he's very good. But just like the Punisher, he's also got maybe 35 years of terrible stories. Yeah. So they really need to pick from the right place. Because, I mean, if you pick from the right place with the Punisher, you get um, the Netflix series, which I really liked. And if you pick from the wrong place, you get some of the straight-to-DVD movies. Um <sighs> I think my so, problem with the Punisher Netflix series is that my favourite runs on Punisher are the uh, Garth Ennis ones. Yeah. And they're funny. 
Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, like they play into the. They they have a really dark humor about. Well, them. I think one of the great things about Garth Ennis is for a person who's amazing at write, writing comic books, he kind of doesn't respect comic books, and a lot of his books just just point out how entirely ridiculous these things are, which is why you know like people in his Punisher books die when other people fall out of windows on top of them. Yeah, well, and also the other thing that I really like about it is that again, it's the kind of the it's the writing around things instead of like because at the start of Garth Ennis's run uh in the previous Punisher run Punisher had become an angel um yes. an eve an angel of death um and and obviously like you could you could start that run and be like okay I want to, I need to take Punisher from being an angel to being the regular Punisher again uh, and you could write a boring five issue arc about that or you could have a huge long explanation and instead at the start of Cardenas' run he's all like I tried being an angel didn't like it and then and then he's just he's just the regular Punisher again and they've made and like and 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 again I think that the kind of like that economy of storytelling is something that is a real skill and what's interesting is that like I think that the MCU kind of reminds me of a sitcom like in the first season of sitcoms generally everything is so careful because they're all like please pick us up for another season please pay attention to us and you'll find that like every episode every minute of it has been crafted so carefully to try to make sure that there's nothing that's not funny and again like when you watch iron man it is a film where they have tried so hard with every single aspect but when you get to season 10 of a sitcom quite often they're a bit like we need an episode you know whatever like like you know i guess i guess this week joey gets hit by a car and then and then <laughs> and then he has to eat a hundred hot dogs who cares makes no like, <laughs> just get it on the air a million people are gonna watch it no one gives a shit and i feel like there is a level at which marvel have gotten a bit like like there's stuff in the mcu now which i feel like wouldn't have made it into phase one because they would have been all like this is not good enough whereas now they're kind of like people will watch people like and so you end up with like the the i think my go-to would be that fight scene at the end of black panther where the cg is so bad that it looks it looks like so bad it looks like a ps3 cutscene. um and like (laughs) and and you're just like like i can't believe anybody looked at that and went yes put that in you know that's good yeah put put that in like i can't (laughs) and it made a billion (laughs) yeah the thing is that in reality you also then have to look at it from the other side where the performances in Black Panther are spectacular and the story's good. So I guess I, I, I watched that. And whilst I do remember yeah. the kind of rubbery shit fighting scene, it's not what I remember about the film and it doesn't yes, really true. matter. I think, I think the biggest problem with it, and you know, this is me <laughs> in my bedroom, not a millionaire saying this compared to Kevin Feige, who's a multimillionaire and will keep making millions. So what do I know? But... <sighs> The whole, these films must be tied together and tell this overarching story. I get it. Nothing like that in his cinematic history had ever been done before. And if it keeps making money, then yeah, keep doing it. But I'm looking at the properties that are coming up that are going to have to be, have to fall in line with this, i.e. Deadpool 3 and Blade. And I just think how hamstrung they're going to have to be. I mean, I think Kevin Feige has promised that both those films will be R-rated, but even still you're going to have to introduce Blade and then set up whatever film follows him or set up whatever film he's going to go into next when it ends, when you could just tell that story. Yeah, they story. need an Elseworlds. They need like a, they yeah, need like really a second imprint of Marvel Knights where they're all like, this yeah. is still Marvel, but don't expect it to tie into all the existing Marvel. And then like, yeah. 
like there's because there's bits of Loki as well. Like um, one of the things I find interesting is that there's like a tonal dissonance there where Loki's having fun and it's a fun time being Loki, and then it cuts to a sequence of five people getting horrifically burned to death. But it yeah. can't be too horrific because it has to be okay for everybody who might watch it. And this is my thing. If you look at if you look at the original Blade, yeah, he had his quips and um, his weird little catchphrases. But overall, that's a dark as hell film. Um, you know, there's, there's pregnant women getting bitten by vampires in the delivery room and vampires being burnt alive into ash. And you know, he does all these horrible things in the first two films. Um, I just don't really see that playing it to Kevin Feige's. And then, I mean, if you look at the first five minutes alone of Deadpool yeah, 2, it's, it's, I don't know yeah, how it's they're going really... He kills a lot of Yakuza in that and the film. whole thing. Like, <laughs> like I just can't like, see it working in the Like MCU. the bit where he gets just fully pulled in half by Juggernaut and stuff. Like that stuff, right? I don't. That would be such. But then you go back to the early MCU and like again, like the shift was slow. But like I think it's really notable that in the first um, pre Disney Iron Man film, Tony has like he has like sex with a lady, like and actually. The MCU now is a broadly sexless place. Do you know what I mean? Where like maybe yes. two people kiss, but like there's no implication that anybody's having sex with each other. Um, even even Iron Man now is kind of. But in, but he, but then you know what's funny is that like the very sexual Tony that we get in that first one, part of that was also is to highlight what a bad man he is before yeah. he becomes a good man. <laughs> <laughs> you can only have sex if you're a bad. Person. Yeah. Well, and I kind of I like the. Um, I kind of like the I, one of the things I like about the progress is that they kind of have taken kind of like Playboy, you know, womanizing Tony. And in the first one, they make it really clear that that is one of the things that makes me dick. And like, I like that because that's fair. Like, I really I'm tired of, of the James Bond. I'm cool because I have sex with many people kind of thing. Like, I think that that's really 60s and does need to be removed. Yeah. But yeah, it does create this bizarre dissonance where the only person who's ever had sex in the MCU was Tony before he was nice. And now, right. and like, <laughs> and then he's this weird kind of flirty, like in the, in like when he meets Aunt May and he's all like, oh, she's so attractive. And it's all like, yeah, yeah but like, but do, do you do, do you still have a penis, or have they replaced it with like a smooth patch of skin, like a Barbie doll, or whatever? Because like that seems to be the vibe that they're going for, right? Like you can't yeah, sell sure. kids toys of people who fuck, can you? Like um, at all? And and I think that that's really strange. Like and like similarly, like the Hulk, the Edward. I mean, Star Lord. I think Star Lord's probably the other character who, when we meet him, is oh, super yeah. horny. Yeah, and he's and then, super horny. And in the horny. sequel, he's never horny again. <laughs> yeah, that's really weird, isn't it? Like, and like, I mean, he literally, and I think this gets past a lot of people. He makes a sperm joke. Yeah, like a full-on sperm joke. Like, and that's. But then it's just like it's, and it's really weird that there's just those kind of occasional scattered moments where they're all like, these people are adults, yeah. and then the rest of the time they're very family friendly pg rated kind of pixar characters and it's weird right it's really yeah i mean dr strange even when he's an arsehole when we first meet him he's an arsehole who's too busy to have sex with the woman he loves <laughs> there is no sex in the marvel universe oh god i hate i hate that dr strange film so much 
I really like Benedict Cumberbatch, but I just don't feel like he works in that film. He's very bland. And especially when I realised that he wasn't the first choice. And then if you've ever seen, but, um, Joaquin Phoenix was the first choice. Oh, well, that would be fucking awesome, wouldn't it? Well, apparently he absolutely nailed the audition. And Kevin Feige was like, sign that man up for 10 films. And that's when uh, Joaquin Phoenix was like, oh, no, 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 no. Because I might want to do some weird art house project in a year. Yeah. I have to gain 500 pounds. So I want to do that. So because they kind of wanted to tie him into Infinity War and everything... And you know him, sometimes he just wants to like grow a beard and be weird. Yeah. He was like, no, thank you. But he said it's a shame because he really liked the ideas for that film and he liked what they were going to do visually. He just didn't want to be on action figures for the next 15 years of his life, which is fair enough. Well, and also it's it's another MCU film like we talked about um, about Glenn Close in, in Guardians last week. But there's, I feel like there's a consistent running theme where there's just casting choices like... I am very upset. One of the reasons I don't like Rogue One um, and and various other things is I'm very upset when people waste Mads Mikkelsen. I'm very yes. upset when people oh, cast him. God, he was wasted and, in that film. And then they just do nothing with him. But Doctor Strange also wastes Rachel McAdams. Mm-hmm. Um, and oh, what's the guy who plays Mordo called? Um, but he's also oh, I mean, a, yeah, he's yeah. also a spectacular actor. Like like the, the entire cast. Wong the is entire... a fantastic actor who's just there to yeah. give some exposition and, and quips every now and then. And it's like Tilda Swinton is doing nothing. You're not giving her anything to do. Oh, She's no. so interesting. I would just watch her eat an apple for three hours and in I would fairness, say it needs to win an Oscar. Uh, in fairness, that sequence where she's about to die and he talks to her in the slow motion rain is the best bit of that film by a long yeah. episode. At least Tilda gets one scene where she gets to do some acting. Like Rachel McAdams' entire plot in that film is looking... Well, at first, she's angry because Doctor Strange isn't a nice man. And then <laughs> she's shocked because Doctor Strange has magic powers. And then she's not in it again. And yeah. it's just like... It's just really like... Like it keeps on, they they spend all this money and I'm a bit the like... Is, the thing is, you actually could have done something interesting with that where it plays up the whole every Marvel superhero needs to have a romantic entanglement or situation. They could have really played into that and you're thinking, okay, they're going to get together at the end and you could have a scene where she looks lovingly into his eyes and she's like, oh, this is the man I always knew you could be. And he's like, sorry, I have to take care of the astral plane now. Yeah, Goodbye. Busy. You know, and just flip it. I would love that. But it, she, as you say, they just forget she exists in that film. It's like, why was she in it? Well, it's also the other big problem is that, like, if you waste these people, you can't use them later. They're running yes. through everybody famous in Hollywood one by one. Mm-hmm. And now you're in a scenario where Mads can't play Doctor Doom because you've yeah. wasted him in wasted that him. shit film. Rachel... I'll, say, I'll say the one person that they, I think DC have wasted, whatever you want to say about them, the only one person I've said they've wasted so far is um jk simmons as as gordon and apparently the only reason he's in that film was to set up the fact he was originally going to be in the batman when Zack snyder was doing it so even that's technically not a waste because initially they planned to use him but they've had all these heavy hitters and with the exception of you know amy adams who just they give her nothing to do most of them come across really well like um Lawrence Fishburne as Perry White is really charming. He's probably one of the best Perry yeah, White he's, he's, he's Yeah, he's great. I wish that he was Even in, though Kevin Costner's death is stupid, he at least is a good Clark's dad before he's like, hey, don't rescue me, even though you could. Um, so they give those actors something to do, at least. But I mean, Marvel they definitely just... they definitely wasted Russell Crowe. Like, yeah. Russell Crowe has but a least, sequence. You know, he, gets, he gets a longer sequence than any... What, where he flies on the space dragon? It's fucking stupid. <laughs> it's a I stupid sequence, but he gets more screen time than any Jor-El we've ever seen. Yeah, that's true. I think that uh, <laughs> what I would say is that, from for me, the, the biggest waste in the DC is, is Ben Affleck as Batman. Because actually, 
I like I thought that was stupid when I read it. I was all like, I I I unlike a lot of people I know, I really like Ben Affleck. I, I love think, Ben Affleck. I think I he's think very like and the town are two of the most underrated films ever made. Uh, I think he's great in Gone Girl, and I think that that's a film where he plays kind of this character with a dual personality, half of which is a total asshole, which would make a great Bruce Wayne. Great like, Bruce Wayne, because you know what I love that scene in Gone Girl where he's trying to smile because he thinks that that's what regular people do when they're trying to at them, and he just looks like a psychopath who's like. My wife might be dead. And then, all the, grin. and then all the newspapers are all like, why is he smiling? Like, yeah, I love that. That's, that's, that's so good. Um, but yeah, like, but but obviously getting snided, he is, he, he needs to be grimdark, sad man with yeah. bad life. And, and there's not really a lot of time. Obviously, like what he does get is a lot of really beautifully framed shots of him in a Batman I mean, costume. The, the sad I thing is he, he can, he actually performs those scenes with so much conviction the problem is the dialogue is terrible. Yeah, he's saying <laughs> he tries so hard to sell it, and like that line that will just always make me crack up, where he's like, "If there's even a one percent chance that he could do something, we have to be a hundred percent sure that he'd do it." It's like what? It sounds like the pitch for Sex Panther. Like, what are you talking about? And also, the, <laughs> what's particularly bad about that is that he's murdering people yep and like like he's all like if there's even a tiny chance that this man could be dangerous to the population we have to you're stop you're branding him. people and leaving them in prisons to be killed by other prisoners yeah it also i'm going to go and beat somebody to death with a box for standing too near me it's just a bit like <laughs> in fairness like i've got to say i do feel like the snyder snyderverse also is definitely tipped over the edge where uh, I, I I remember texting you while I was watching Batman versus Superman, and for the first hour or so, I was all like, "Oh my god, I hate this so much! Oh my god, I'm so angry!" And then towards the end, I remember just laughing loads, and we were texting each other, and I kept on pausing the movie so I could send you messages. And I sent you a message being all like, "Oh my god, they're flashbacking to the first scene of this, this film,", film yeah. and you re- and you replied being all like, "Yeah, it was like four hours ago." <laughs> and, I, and I remember just cracking up being all like, "Yeah, in fairness, it was it was so long ago." Um, the sad thing about that movie is it has two of the best Batman scenes ever made, though. That first opening scene where Sex Sider basically has to apologize for recreating nine eleven in the first film. But like, but that sequence where everyone is running and Bruce is running from the chaos and Bruce runs towards it fearless and saves a bunch of children is incredible. And then I don't know if you've ever seen the ultimate edition, which is like five years of your life, but there is a sequence where they explain just how Bruce got the kryptonite because that's not in the theatrical version. He just has it. And that sequence for anyone who hasn't seen it, go and just maybe it's on YouTube. Just go and find it. It's him breaking in and doing a very Batman, like he's like grabbing people uh, in complete uh, silence and he's just taking out these guards one by one. The only thing that ruins it is after doing that amazing ninja sequence, he leaves a Batarang in place of the Kryptonite. <laughs> well, maybe maybe he's maybe he's spent too much time with the Riddler. Yeah. You know what I mean, maybe maybe this maybe in that version of the world he's the Riddler. But I mean, you see, it and you, you you think like... that's that's the potential that could be there. And I think you know we spoke about this last time, but you know, getting back to the, the subject of this, it's the one th- kind of sad thing I always find with these Marvel projects that DC is doing really well is, yeah, a lot of these projects miss. But they miss because the creators are able to take swings. Yeah. And I think with Marvel, it's just now become so streamlined and so, like, the, 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 for me, the biggest tragedy of this 20 years or whatever they've been making films is we, we didn't get Edgar Wright's Ant-Man because that would just, 
it would have been such a good film. If you look at Baby Driver and look what he can do with a massive budget. I mean, look at look at the Cornetto mm. trilogy and look what he can do with a tiny budget. But with what Marvel would have given him, with Paul Rudd's comic abilities, Michael Douglas, that film would have been so good. It would have yeah, been such I'd... a good film. Well, and they've lost. I mean, in Disney, it's not just. I mean, it's 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 all their franchises with Star Wars as well. They've lost a lot of really good creators. The fact they because Lord and Miller off of Solo. Yeah, Solo is like, the first and... film in history I've walked out of the theater halfway through, and if Lord and Miller, I don't know if you've seen. Really, I I, I got to the part where they're at Lando, and I just said, you know what, I've had enough. If 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 not even Childish Gambino can save this film, then I can't watch it, and I just left. I haven't watched Solo. I I, I hated Rogue One, and I was a bit like that guy. I'm I, not I, gonna... I, I feel really bad. I don't know his name, but he is really charming. He's very charismatic. Visually, it does some really cool things. There's some really cool designs where you can actually tell that they thought, unlike the prequels that are like super shiny and CG, there's a lot of stuff where you're like, okay, yeah, I can see how that design eventually becomes the ships we see. You know, there's there's, there's visually inter- interesting stuff with it. But mm. what it does is it's 50%, hey, remember that guy? Here's him when he's hey, younger. remember Star Wars? And then it's 50%, hey, are they going to live? I'm pretty sure Han Solo is going to live. And there's, and I think the scene, the first scene when I was tempted to get up was the scene where they explain his name. Once they explained his name, I was like, okay, you've, you've, you're, you're really testing my patience. Why would... But you just don't need it. It's need like... It. it doesn't need it. You don't need it. I mean, the whole it. thing with him, of all the characters you could have done a prequel for, his whole thing is we don't know where he's from. We don't know his origin. And it's it works. It's least interesting. Like, I assume he was a smuggler because that's what we're told. And like that's that's it. Like I'm I'm really worried about the Obi-Wan Kenobi sequence because either you have to rewrite his entire history and had to have Ewan McGregor going off on adventures while he's supposed to be in the desert. Or I mean I, obviously I would totally watch a film where Ewan McGregor slowly goes mad in the desert <laughs> because he's because he knows that there's stuff going on out in the universe, but he can't, can't do anything. But he can't because he has to stay. Like just, just just a really creepy TV series where he spends his whole time just staring at this kid from a distance and then going and home and crying. Bombs. Yeah, like that like I'd be all in for that, but it's not gonna be that, is it? It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be Obi-Wan, we need you to nip off Tatooine for a bit and go on a space adventure. What if he dies? And like that's like, like, but you're right. A Lord and Miller Han Solo film, like, just a straight out comedy. I don't know if you've watched um, the Mitchells versus the Machines. It's currently on Netflix. My favorite film of the year so far. Um, it's um, it was previously called Connected, and and then they had to just postpone it due to COVID. And eventually, Netflix purchased it. And it's not written by Lord and Miller, but it's produced by them. And you can see the kind of hints of of what they do. It's just a feel good. It's very very funny great voice acting um and you know just like the 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 lego movie i went in with no expectations and was completely blown away and what they could have done with those characters you know and like like you said at the moment they disney have such big checkbooks they can just attract anyone even people who yeah, don't want to do it, but do it for the for the paycheck and you could be getting first of all the visuals i mean like i've I said this last time but it still upsets me the eternal should be this big bright bubblegum neon mess that's what Kirby yeah. did, and that's what people loved about him. And instead, it's just these muted earth tones that I've been watching for the past fifteen years. And like, yeah, I just, and I just, at least, at least Loki's got some nice contrast to it. Yeah. Like the sequence that this week in the uh, in the Mart was pleasantly dark in places, yeah. and and it had a really nice blend. Like, and and then when the uh, 
time grenades. I can't remember what they're called. Yeah. Um, when 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 they all went off and they were lighting up, that was like a really visually distinct sequence yes. that I really and and it and like it it really kind of. Um, I know it, it communicated without needing to have people just say what was happening on screen. Obviously, then they did just say what was happening on screen. <laughs> but but uh, but I, I liked that they at least made an effort. Do you know what I mean? Like, and I think that that's what I'm really hoping is that we've done all the setup, and now we're going to go have on some fun, sort yeah. of mad ride with Loki. I mean, you know, through time. Getting into what we're saying, I think this is the one series. If they never do it again for any of the movies or any TV shows, that'd be a shame. But this is the one series where you can just have a bunch of weird direction and art direction and and design yeah. because you've opened yourself up to multiverses. What if, what if there's a universe where, I don't know, Reagan never died and, you know, you just do the Watchmen thing. What if there was a universe where, like, everybody's gay because someone did something in the 80s? Like, show us something, you know, show us bright, colorful stuff. Show us super drab stuff. If you're going to, like, hint at horror, be super scary and dark and weird. Like, this is the one series where you have carte blanche to do that. So please do it. Please don't just show us all the earth tones that we've seen in every MCU project. I am all in for the Rainbow MCU, where for some reason in the 80s something happened to everybody. I would love that. Like, that sounds <laughs> amazing. Maybe they're facing a real problem because everyone's so gay that there's no children. Yes. <laughs> like, like, and that's the thing is that, like, I feel like even when you're throwing out ideas as a joke, you can come up with a hundred fun ideas. And, and there is a sense to which like every time I turn on the Marvel thing now, I'm all like, I've seen this. And the, thing, and the thing is, Feige should realize now he's at the point where everything he does is just going to make a billion dollars. Like, yeah, Black Widow doesn't, Black Widow doesn't look that great, but a lot of cinemas are really reporting that they've sold out. The pre-orders are gone. And it looks like the most average film. So for me, I mean, we were talking before about <sighs> diversity. And one of the things I was thinking about, because I don't know how many people know this, but Marvel has a gay um, cowboy character called the Rawhide Kid. And when they relaunched him in the early 2000s, he literally had like these um, like super tight hot pants and a cowboy hat. That was his costume. <laughs> and it's like, just put that out. It will make a billion dollars. Yeah, you can't release it in China, but you're going to make a billion dollars. Go put it out. Yeah, How like... weird. Like America, who's one of the best new characters they've ever rented in the past decade. I think the reason she's not been brought into them's use because in the comics, she's very openly bisexual. Mm. Um and it's a shame because she's one of the Young Avengers and they seem to be building up towards the Young Avengers. So Wanda's kids have been in one division. Um, I think Hulkling's been hinted at already. Armadeus Child's been hinted at. So they've already started yeah, to... Patriots and... Patriots and... Patriots yeah, and Soldier. Soldier. So they've started to build these characters and I've seen no mention of her. And it's like, she's probably the most interesting person in the book. Are you not going to put her in the team? In fairness, it does seem to me that is the, that is the lineup from the first Young Avengers scenes sequence right that's the the civil war era young avengers who came out uh around that time yeah. that is literally the the lineup for that so maybe they're starting there and then expanding out from there i suppose um i mean i think that black widow looks bad yeah uh, i'm gonna watch this i mean and this is the thing that i think for anyone listening to this anyone who feels the same way patrick and i do this is the thing that sucks when you see a trailer that, that doesn't look good because we bitch about it, but we're all still going to Yeah, like it. you were all like, have you watched that four and a half hour long version of Batman versus Superman, the film you hate? And obviously the answer is yes. <laughs> yes. yes, I have. <laughs> of course I have. I, 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 I watched that. I was all like, maybe it'll, you know, maybe. Like I watched I watched the Snyder Cut. Yeah. Like I, 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 I knew I wasn't going to enjoy it, but also I was kind of like, eh, like, I like Batman. 
maybe 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 there'll be some nice Batman in there. Yeah, like and this and it's a funny thing when you meet people who want to do this whole DC Marvel thing and like you you guys think you're better. Like I don't think I'm better than anyone. I love all these books. And I hate when the films look bad because I'm still going to watch the films. So I would rather yeah, that gonna, every studio yeah. made great films that were enjoyable and fun and well-written and made sense because it's two hours of my life every time. Sometimes more, Zack well, Snyder. Sometimes more. Sometimes four. <laughs> yes. And especially now where I've been to the cinema for a fucking year. Like, I, I'd pay to see anything. Yes. Like, like, I'm definitely going to go see Black Widow. And more than that, like, uh, I don't know how you feel about this, but obviously, like, my the next, like, film that I'm, like, psyched for is uh the matrix four yes, which is out in which is out in december um it'll be awesome all their films are great i don't know if you've seen that like, behind the scenes footage but like there's a sequence that seems to take place where they shot it in la um and it's a helicopter that's like shooting at neo in the streets and it's explosions and basically someone they were filming it in his neighborhood so he filmed it out the window and what's amazing is that it's all practical there's like a thousand explosions yeah. and an actual helicopter and it's like they've obviously just given him like a 200 million dollar budget and gone like go crazy yes. so if nothing else it's um, gonna look insane well and uh, i mean i i'm a big fan of all the wachowski sisters films yeah. i think um like obviously i'm i i I am that rarest of things. I, I like the Matrix sequels. Me too. Um, and I think we need to cover them. When the new film comes out, we'll cover them on this. Oh, um, yeah. Because I absolutely. Think, I think... Oh, my God. We should watch the Animatrix as well. I love, I love the Animatrix. That. I love Jesus. the Animatrix. And I think there's... I think, you know what? Oh God, this is totally off subject. And we're sorry for everyone listening. But just for anyone who's listening to this, who wants to build a franchise and a, quote, extended universe, follow what the Kutowskis did because... The fact that they have a video game, multiple video games, an animated compilation, and they all tie into each other and build the world perfectly. Any questions you have about that universe are answered in one of those formats. Do ghosts exist in the Matrix? It's answered. How does suicide work in the Matrix? It's answered. Are there detectives in the Matrix? It's answered. Like everything. Are there vampires is... in the Matrix? It's, it's answered. answered. Yeah. Like <laughs> also, like in general, for you know, in, in, just before we stray back on topic. Everybody should watch Speed Racer. Yes. Everyone should watch Speed Racer. And everyone should also give Cloud Atlas a shot. I would, I've never I would seen like Cloud to Atlas. start by saying you might not like it. And it's got some some choices. Like, so there's a bit where uh, did you know the conceit of Cloud Atlas? No. Like they're like the same so like they're the same they're, characters. Uh, no, the only familiarity I've got with it at all is there is an episode of Rick and Morty where they do an interdimensional cable and they stumble upon a, a universe where Jerry has starred in Cloud Atlas and is a massive celebrity. True, true. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's um, my own exposure to it. Yeah, the futures, they've got like a, a evolved version of the human language, which has changed, but we recognize bits of it. It's very confusing. Um, the only thing about Cloud Atlas is that they've like the book uh, is six stories and it presents the first half of the stories one by one. And then the second half to like you read the first half of the first story chronologically and then the first half of the second story chronologically through to the middle where you read a whole story and then you read the second half of the last story chronologically and back to eventually the last chapter is the second half of the first chronological it's the second half of the first oh, chapter and it's like yeah it's it's very confusing um and in the movie they have decided that it's got this idea where people's kind of feelings and consciousness persist through time uh, and so there's like these people who are echoes of each other over the course of time and they've decided to represent that through having the same actors play 
different characters across the timelines, which is not at all confusing. Oh, oh, but wait. <laughs> so they've also decided that maybe not all of those characters will be the same race as each <laughs> other. Uh, so there's a bit where Hugo Weaving plays a Korean man. Um, okay. And there's a, there's a section where Halle Berry plays a white Jewish woman. Uh, with a lot of prosthetics and makeup, but <laughs> the highlight is Tom Hanks playing a black London bouncer. Because uh, why wouldn't he? And that it would is, be my first and choice. It's, it's just like it's it's obviously it's offensive, and and I can't yeah. understand why they made that choice. But also, like, you kind of don't have as much time to be offended because you're so busy being all like, "What? Like, what? The, yeah. What is happening on the screen? Who?" Who sat down and watched Tom Hanks do this? And we're all like, you know, you're one of the finest character actors of our generation. Or maybe, maybe you could play a black guy. Like, like how? But did- see, you know, what's quite what's quite interesting is that I've seen a really good video essay. I wish I could remember it was by now, which talks about the fact that the majority of their projects are about the trans experience. Yeah. And so with the Matrix, obviously, that makes complete sense when you watch it. Like, oh yeah, okay, I completely see that. Yeah. And from what you're describing, I can imagine maybe that plays into it as well in terms of yeah, being the soul that is eternal, but maybe not having the same vessel. Yes. And not feeling know. like you belong in the body that yeah. you're in always. So and I get that. that and that's it, it completely makes sense that it's part of their canon really. And that's fascinating. It really is. But like, I feel like you could do it without any blackface. Do you know what I mean? Like, and, 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 and also it came out in like 2010 or something. Like it's way too recent to be, yeah, to be, not to be doing that. that. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, and, and, but like all of their films, fails in places but it is a spectacular failure and i mean the thing the, the thing that you can say about them i think more than any other recent creator is they really swing they really go for it yeah you know, and, and you look at speed racer it's one of the most gorgeous insane looking films and it's just joyous it, it's it, it's a, a film all about finding what you love and doing what you love and how much freer you can feel when you like are your true self yeah. and there's very few creators who kind of take those chances and do things like that well and i think that like one of the things that i'm always looking for in me i think one of the reasons why the mcu started to great i mean like i there's a level at which like if you went back to like you know 10 year old me or even like 20 year old me when we met and we worked at the comic book shop i cannot imagine that i would ever believe that there would be enough superhero movies for me do you know what yeah. i mean like mm. there's the level at which i feel kind of guilty to yeah. that i'm not like that i'm not appreciating that we finally yeah, got yeah i have the Marvel same thing movies. but then i think i think one thing you hit the nail on the head on is you know we we we've always been to comics into comics and the thing that comics has got right that so far hollywood adaptations haven't is if you get bored of saturday morning spider-man there is a dark deadpool comic or yeah. there is a weird mystical thing or a super scientific weird like there's there's there are different avenues you can take these characters and way different stories you can tell in different genre adaptations and the problem with the marvel universe and to a lesser extent the dc universe is they found that formula that makes money and they're just going to copy and paste it for the next 10 years and it's like give us something else you can do so much more with these characters it's why i'm sad that they removed the netflix series and they never really made them part of the canon because like i remember reading uh, alias for the first time which is the comic book that jessica jones is from in in marvel and she like blew my mind in terms of yeah. like what could be happening like it was this it was this comic book that was all like but what if one of the superheroes decided they wanted to get a regular job and that idea to me is 
absolutely fascinating it really yeah. is and like and jessica jones as a character in the comic books and in the netflix series is very grounded to a real yeah. world where she, yeah sure she's got some superpowers and sure maybe her you know psychically rapey ex-boyfriend is scary but like there's something very real about that world that she lives in and one one thing that they really didn't nail with the tv show that disappointed me is that like you see these flashbacks where she was really like we are and she's in awe of these characters and she thought they were super cool and then she got to an age where i guess after meeting so many of them and realizing they're just dorks and they're weirdos she got really snarky about yeah. it and i wish they'd kind of incorporated more of that and i guess they can't because they want to sell us on how cool the mcu is yeah but in the books it's really refreshing to have this person who i think one of the first things you hear her say is a conversation where she once said to spider-man well if that was true wouldn't the web shoot out of your ass and he just blasted it's like you know like it's, she just kind of she's just she's over it she doesn't think these guys are cool she thinks they're pretentious she thinks they're full of themselves and it was a really interesting yeah. take on that universe and what it would be like to live in that universe well but also i think that there's a level at which it kind of it can create more like i remember one of the things that that blew my mind when i read alias originally was being all like it's it was completely totally different from the mcu but it was from marvel sorry but it was telling me that it existed in the same world it was being all yeah. like there is a world underneath all the superheroes that we're seeing where regular people uh, also the pulse and all of the things yeah. about ben Ulrich yep. and his like he's a journalist who covers superheroes and you see him and often rather than seeing a big superhero battle you see him arrive somewhere where there's a lot of fires and he's all like what happened and then some bystander will describe to him a fight between iron man and some shit that they don't really understand and like alex ross's marvels which yeah, is just about like absolutely. how actually terrifying it would be to have to watch these giants yeah, battle each other genuinely I think horrific it would be for the regular humans one of the reporters loses an eye as like as a you know the 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 byproduct of being too close to one of these fights you know some debris hits him in the eye he wakes up he's got a concussion he's now what have to wear an eye patch you know and i don't know if you saw but years ago marvel had started work on um damage control which was oh, yeah. is actually an old 90s comic book yeah which is about the insurance company that has to clean up after all the avengers and it's hinted at in the very first scene of homecoming yes yeah they... because it's the company that vulture works for. no it's they the company take that over. steals vulture's job yes isn't it? And I guess they abandoned it. And it's like, first of all, you guys love humor. You might as well just go all out and do a proper sitcom. And second of all, yeah, that's something different from the MCU. Yeah, I don't know why they abandoned like, it. And that's the thing is that like, what I was going to say about the Wachowskis before is that like, there's a level at which one of the things I'm always looking for in media is just something I've never seen before. And actually, yeah. when you present me with a film, like one of the reasons I like anime a lot is because it presents me with a lot of ideas that aren't common in western culture that i assume might be really generic to japanese people but that to me feel kind of disconnected from my general life i suppose yeah. and like what i'm always looking for is to sit down and watch something that isn't like anything else that i've ever seen before and especially if it's just nothing like like the the reason why i, re I always remember cloud atlas and the reason why i remember certain like you know the first time i watched akira and stuff is because there were experiences where I sat down and I was all like, oh, I don't really know what to expect. And then everything that happened, I was all like, what? Like, what? what? <laughs> like, and that I think is, and I, I really, I understand that for a general audience and that for a lot of people, I think watching something and then being all like, I understand what the fuck that was. is not a desirable experience. Um, it is, yeah. And it's, but it's funny because one of the criticisms I hear, you know, lobbied against the matrix a lot is the architects, um, 
explanation makes no sense. It, it makes, makes perfect, perfect sense. sense. I think I think people didn't want to hear it because they wanted Neo to be punching stuff. Yeah. But it's brilliant. And what's even more brilliant is that he goes through that long winded explanation and Neo still does the thing he told him not to do. Yeah. I like, love that. Well what I really like about the Matrix Reloaded is that it, it does make sense. But I did watch it like three times before I was fully like, okay, cool. I got you. And I think that like I understand as well that maybe other people don't want to watch a film where they're all like, where, where it finishes and they're all, I'm putting that on again. And then, and then <laughs> like, you know, starting over from scratch and giving it another shot. But like, I think that like, I, I really crave media that isn't like, I'm, I watch, we've been watching, me and Beth have been watching a lot of movies and, I've been trying to just, both of us have agreed that what we're going to do is instead of spending 40 minutes on Netflix, being all like this, eh, I'm not sure about that, put it on the list. This, uh, I don't know if I feel like that now. Because then what happens is that at some point then we're all like, it's a bit late to watch a film though, isn't it? Um, <laughs> and we've just watched like 30 trailers. So we've both been trying to go, yes, that, whatever. This Let's just watch that. Yeah. Um, and Beth wanted to watch a lot of uh, films that she watched when she was younger because she was feeling nostalgic about them. And the majority of them were romantic comedies, many of which featured Sandra Bullock. Um, and I am not, I'm, I'm not, I wasn't, I'm, I, I, I'm going to say I wasn't a big Sandra Bullock fan. I, I'd say she's winning me over. You've been converted. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but like, I think that also what was really interesting was that we watched these romantic comedies and it's not a genre that I'm really familiar with. And actually mm. it's really interesting watching it and spying. Yeah, all romantic comedies end with a crane shot pulling away from two people kissing to show the surrounding area <laughs> where they're kissing. And like, have you ever seen the breakup? No, I'll, I'll put it on the list though. Put it on the list because I, in fact, it's maybe Patrick and I would just talk about this woman, not on, on this, <laughs> it's not related to anything, but it does. It's one of those good films that, for a lot of the time you're like yep yeah, this is ticking all the tropes and then it kind of goes sideways in a very interesting way yeah yeah we watched we watched a film called forces of nature with ben affleck and sandra bullock that was that, 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 that just didn't go where i was expecting and again i really like that when i'm watching something and that's my concern with loki and with like with falcon and the winter soldier like they turned in the first episode and they were like they were like what if sam had to get a bank loan what if Bucky was having therapy? And I was all like, oh, yeah, yeah. What if those things were happening? And it felt like like that alias kind of that grounded real world stuff. And then it very quickly just veered away from that into yeah. boring superhero punching. Um, I, I'm hoping with Loki, there'll maybe a bit more freedom because we know, and they've established it in that first episode, and I, you know, fingers crossed they don't go back on it, but they've established he can't go back. Yeah. So I guess if you have the freedom where... I mean, so for a lot of people that don't know that are listening to us, Stanley used to have this, um, it was not quite an order, but it was a philosophy called the illusion of change, which is that for six months, Spider-Man can break up with Mary Jane or he'll become a man spider or whatever. But by <laughs> Christmas, when it's time to sell clone. toys. Or he'll be replaced by a clone. But by Christmas, when it's time to sell toys, he will be Peter Parker again. Because that's the status quo. And so in Marvel's got like these three or four year cycles where stuff is crazy and Cap is not Cap anymore. You know, Sam is Cap now and or Bucky's Cap or Punisher's Cap. But by then that four year cycle, Steve Rogers will be Cap again. Yeah. Peter Parker will be Spider-Man again. And the sad thing about the MCU is they have adopted that. Um, and the funny thing is, the MCU should really be the one that breaks that because because they can't, you know, like they can't, because Chris Hemsworth is gonna die one day. Well, they, yeah, like and and people will retire. Like I like they can't go back to a status quo 
where Robert Downey Jr. is is Tony Stark, is Iron Man. Do you know what I mean? Like, they can't do that. Even if they wanted to do that, he would have to be old Iron Man. He can't yeah. be... Like, they can't... Because in the comics, very much like Peter, no matter what happens, every couple of years, he's 30, and he's a photographer yeah. for the Daily Bugle, and he's married <laughs> to Mary Jane, and he and he's Spider-Man. And, like, they, yeah. like, and they can't do that. Well, I guess they could recast. Um, which I would but be... But it would be a shame. I think this is an opportunity to, like, you know, to really change something. I mean, one of the biggest disappointments for me, and it made people laugh, this disappointed me so much, but was for Thor to have that horrific battle where he gets his eye gouged out, and then two films later, oh, hey, I have a robotic eye that will fit inside your head perfectly. Rocky just gives him that eye, and he's like, ah, my eyes, gives him my an eye, eyes and it's like out. nothing happened. It was one of the most traumatic events of his life. It, you know, really added to his growth in this loss of this guy who keeps suffering. But it's fine because I have an eye in my pocket. Yeah, <laughs> it's just I don't know. I think th this is well, it's also... a chance to really take chances. And the sad thing is, like they've seen already. Look at Logan. People respond to these. They respond to films with stakes. They respond to that character growth. They respond to their heroes being damaged and tested and losing and in everything. In danger. Like, yeah. And in danger. It, it, everyone like people love that film. People yes. that never watched comic book films rave about that film. There was Oscars hype for it when it, when it when it came out. You could do the same for your characters. They don't have to be R-rated. They don't have to swear. But I should feel something has changed. Yeah. I should feel something has changed. I should feel they have grown or learned something or affected the people around them. And I should feel in a moment that that moment is going to have consequences. This is the thing that, you know, up until they blew it, resonated so well with people about Game of Thrones. Yeah. Jamie, Jamie was arrogant. And he never goes come up until he lost his hand, and it's like, wait, anything can happen. Yeah, and he's a different person after that, and that's the thing he's is a that different like, person after that. like Thor, it's not just the eye. What really bothers me is that the whole arc of Ragnarok is about him losing Mjolnir, and then and then and then Odin's or like the power is inside you, and he's got badass like electric powers and then in, in infinity war he's all like i must build myself another metal hitting weapon um and and then, and then he gets the original back anyway yes and, and then in the end in the end game they can't <laughs> even commit to his stupid axe they're all like well what if he also had the hammer right like it, and it's just like and it feels to me like actually there when what they wanted to see was that they'd already planned that they were gonna have a captain america has hammer scene and they yeah. were like but hammer's been that's destroyed. it because the thing is like you know what you know what would really have given that that scene some weight was if you'd have caught it back and been like yes i'm still worthy and then left it on the ground yeah i didn't need it because all you needed to know is he's worthy yeah. because the thing that always bugs me about that scene is you know you want to talk about branching timelines there's a thor that has no hammer it well, just no, got ripped from his hand nah, Cap, and when he went to get it he wasn't there now nah, cap takes it when he's, oh, he takes it, back, it yeah. when he when he goes to return everything right so he well remember he puts it back at the same time that he puts the stones back but I will remember. it's just like it's all a bit like I don't know. I, I what I want is something weird, and that's the thing with Loki is that like it's fine. I'm enjoying it. I will continue yeah. to watch it. I'm sure it will probably like the thing is, and and again, like you said, like it's it always sounds like I'm being really negative, but like I watched all the Marvel films in order like a couple <laughs> of months ago. Like I've I, like I've I've seen a lot of these films like ten times probably. Yeah. Like I've seen the first Iron Man film like. I, I like Logan used to watch it a lot when he was little. Like I, I, I genuinely think I think I've, I know that film line for line. Yeah, I think I've probably seen that film like a hundred times. Like, <laughs> yeah. like I love this shit. I really do. Yeah. And and so it is kind I of. I just don't think I just don't think it's too much to ask them to 
broaden their horizons and take some chances now. You know, you, you know that you have us for life. We're fans. We're going to keep watching this stuff. Maybe just throw some surprises every but now I and do then. wonder nice. if maybe normal people aren't fans for life. Like, we, like, the, that, because that's the other thing is that regardless of if it's mildly unsatisfying, we're going to keep we'll on watching. It. Right. <laughs> yeah. And we'll keep on, I'll keep, like, like realistically, I'll probably keep playing, paying for Disney Plus forever now because it's just yes. full of Marvel and Star Wars shit. And, and even if I decide I get bored of it and I want to stop, like, because there came a point with the four year cycle with comics where I, I read through two or three cycles and I got to the point where I was all like, I want to read this again. Like, I, I, I don't want to, I don't want to read, like, it started, Peter started turning into some sort of different kind of spider. And I was like, I've, I've, yeah. I've already read this one twice, man. <laughs> Come on. Like, and like, or like Jean Grey comes back and then, and then they're all like, but what if she died? And I'm like, I, I've like, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, and, and it also starts to really, what I found later on in comic book reading was that like, it started to, there are stories that really connect with you that really yeah. mean something to you and then when they undo them it hurts yes. do you know yeah. what i mean like there's yeah, like 100 what got me was um in just whedon's uh what's his x-men series called astonishing astonishing x-men yeah, yeah. uh was them bringing colossus back um and i uh, yeah like and yeah and he just like walks out of like a fucking room and they're all like yeah you're alive <laughs> and he's all like yes i've been underground and like there's just yeah. like they've not even tried but like his death. They did the same thing with Nightcrawler recently, and it was like a really impactful death. Yeah. And then it just wasn't. He'd been hanging out with some pirates in the Netherworld for a bit, but now he's back in New York. Yeah, like, like nothing happened. Colossus's death to the Legacy Virus, which is a nice stomach comic book story. So, like, yeah, for people who aren't familiar with this, the Legacy <laughs> Virus was mutant AIDS. Um, yeah. And it was like an allegory for AIDS in the same way that mutants are an allegory for oppressed groups. And it was a disease that only hurt mutants. And so nobody cared. And the government were all like, ah, it's only mutants dying, isn't it? Um, and it was like, and, and, and it's, it's, it's kind of a dark thing to, to take a, to do a comic book take on. But obviously I didn't live through the AIDS pandemic, so I'm not really sure how that felt. And I personally feel that a lot of the, I grew up reading legacy virus comics and they are, they're very meaningful to me. Um, yeah. And the fact that Colossus's death that time wasn't in a fight, it wasn't in anything. They just, they found out that to cure the disease, somebody would have to inject it into themselves first and they would carry the cure essentially and that person would die. And that comic book where he chooses to die to save everybody else from, a, from an invisible enemy, which isn't like a punching threat is my is one that is probably my favorite x-men comic of all time like yeah. it is absolutely beautiful and like wolverine gives this speech afterwards where he's talking like they're talking about they're like someone's like what do we do like you've you know a lot of people who died logan what do we do when somebody dies and he's just like you don't do like you can shout and you can scream and you can whatever but really you just keep on living you keep breathing yeah. you keep doing what you were doing and and bit by bit the pain kind of fades away and like and it, it it's so good and yeah. so and and like there i mean we could we could just reel off like when marvel wants to be good they can be phenomenal and like you said those things that when they've nailed it they stick with you for life yeah the the the, the, the potential is there in the mcu and i just think i get it it's it's not my money it's it's a room full of shareholders telling to tell you how to spend these billions and like we said how to do things to appease certain international markets but it just seems a shame when you have BAFTA winner Tom Hiddleston and Oscar nominees and, and a, you know, 
Emmy nominees and winners to just keep telling the same story about people that punch each other in the sky. Well, then at least I got five years with Dead Colossus where it felt like it meant something before they decided yeah. to undo it. Like it's it's things like like Vision's line in One Division where he talks about how things are, aren't beautiful because they last. Like that's a great line. It's yeah. really meaningful and it's really beautiful and it's really. It's also slightly contradicted by the fact there is now replacement vision in that universe. Yes, and like <laughs> there, I didn't even get to soak in the feeling of that scene for like more than four episodes before they were all like, yeah. but also punching, and now it's all undone, and it's just yeah. a bit like, yeah, like there's something about the lack of. I don't know, like the lack of consequence, which is very deeply baked into comic books. It really is. Yeah. And it is like, and I, and it's something that I am disappointed that they've inherited. Like, like I don't want them to, to bring Tony back in any form. I don't want, no. I don't want a new Iron Man who's played by somebody else. I don't like what well, I mean. The great, I the great thing Iron is we're Man, getting, but... the great thing is we're getting Ironheart yes. the series and obviously Armor Wars. Yeah. And I, I know there's going to be a massive temptation to have, either a hologram or a flashback and I'm begging Kevin Feige just let Don Cheadle have his moment he's yeah. been with you guys for a decade let him do his thing now whoever you cast as, as Riri let her be Ironheart and let that be something new and aspirational for kids it, like break free from the comic books tell new stories don't fix Rhodey's legs do you know what no. I mean like just like in fact if the if the if his legs got worse I would like that like if it if it became difficult for him to walk outside of the suit so that he had like some sort of like a, a consequence from what happened in Marvel film where he yeah. like his legs what, what's is that Civil War? He got I think hurt Civil legs. War, yeah, yeah, he gets blasted by, by um, vision. I have three things I want to um, see from Armor Wars. One, just let Rhodey be Rhodey. I don't want to hear any mention of Tony's legacy. Yeah. I've had enough of it. We've had it for how many things now? Two, I want Justin Hammer. Bring back Justin Hammer. And three. I want to see if you're going to do a stupid CGI finale, I want a hundred mech suits on the screen at the same time. <laughs> that's what I want. Otherwise, take it back. I, I wish that like, because that's the thing is that they never quite lean far enough in when they are being silly. Like, I, like why not? Why not hundred mech suits that join together into one giant yes, mech suit? Like, yes. I want some Voltron. I want a Voltron out, like, Iron Man suit. Like, like, like if you're gonna if you're gonna continue to just do silly things, like make them sillier, make them bigger, yeah. make them make them. Stupid. I want a Hulk Buster Buster. Again, like what I really <laughs> one of the things I really like about Thor three about Ragnarok is how it follows like like he's fighting that giant flame thing and it's like it kind of follows the logical conclusion where we've seen Thor fight bigger and stupider right? and monstrous and this things. is and, and this is this is something that's concerning me about Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania stupid title I love it yeah lean into how stupid Ant-Man is I don't want it tied into the big consequences I want it to be stupid I want him to fight things that like don't have real powers like he's a man that can be the size of an ant and he steals things. Like, just just lean into it. I would like it. It doesn't have to be tied into the consequences and the ongoing saga. Just have it be stupid. I would really like it if Ant-Man 3 gave him something to do. Because, like, I feel like I really like Ant-Man and the Wasp. But I also yeah. feel like what it should have been called is the Wasp. Because, yeah. like, it is her story where she is yes. the driving character. And, and he kind of stands there watching and being all like, <laughs> I, sure am, I sure am still Ant-Man. Uh, 
<laughs> like I did something silly, and it's a bit like it. The, uh, like the whole story would kind of work better if it was just about her, or yeah. if you just made it clear from the title that she was the title character and that he was a supporting character. Because then he could just stand there and do nothing and make jokes. But because yeah. it's called Ant Man and the Wasp, they feel the need to try and shoehorn in some sort of plot for him, and he's not really yeah. involved. Or even um, again, like I, I know that I'm, I'm always making anime references that you don't recognize. But uh, <laughs> have you watched One Punch Man? I know of him. He's the bold guy in the yellow costume. I see a lot of cosplay of him at, at, at Comic Con. He beats everybody in One Punch, and that's his thing. Um, it's about the series is about how if you were so strong that you never had any opponents, that'd be kind of depressing. Um, and he's and he's like he, his his real nemesis <laughs> is the boredom of never having any sort of challenge in his life because he's so strong. Uh, and he kind of wonders. Nice. A lot of the stories involve peril for characters other than him and then at the end itself by him turning up and punching the enemy once um but like there's this <laughs> character in that called king and king is considered to be yeah. one of the strongest superheroes in the world he is like and everybody is terrified okay. of him and they're really scared of him uh, and he has this thing called the king engine which is this rumbling noise he makes when he's angry uh, and then when you uh, and he and he's and he's always like sweating and has this really intense look on his face and people are all like oh my god he's going to kill me um and then what you find out is that in fact he's got no superpowers uh, he just happened to be in a lot of places where monsters was defeated and nobody knew who did it and so they gave and so they gave him Amazing. credit and actually the rumbling is his anxiety <laughs> stomach because he's so scared of monsters as is the sweating um and he's got this real problem where he's like he's too deep now and and, and uh, he knows yeah he, he has to keep up with it in the first time it happened actually that wasn't me but he but he thought he it could wasn't get, like, me some free shit. Yeah. so he went along with it and now everybody is relying on him to like defeat monsters and he, he can't fight he can't at actually all. do it and so then he goes to all these people being like i need you to train me because i need to actually be able to fight monsters and they're all like we couldn't help you you're one of the greatest fighters in the world what do you think i'm going to teach you um and he has like numerous encounters where he like stands there and he's like sweating and thinking oh my god what i'm going to do and the monster is all like i can't do this and runs away um and like and he like Amazing. and he's rubbish but he like and and and, and i guess again like one of the things i really like about one punch man is that it's got this kind of like knowing inversion of tropes all the time like there's yes. the weak hero uh he's called moomin rider and he always but he tries his best uh and and he's not got great powers but he's got a lot of heart and so what happens is that he really gets really really horribly injured because he, he doesn't have great powers um and so he'll like he'll turn up and he'll be all like what's really important is believing in yourself and then he'll just get beaten really horribly and end up in hospital um and like and it happens over and over again and he never kind of he never gives up on himself and he's got this and like and it's and it's but, but it, it, you know believing in himself doesn't mean the thing because he's, he's his power is having a bike yeah. um and so he's really really weak compared to everybody else and like it takes all these tropes that you recognize not just from manga but from from superheroes in general and it kind of inverts them repeatedly and like i think that there's loads of room and maybe maybe deadpool 3 will be what we get that like because in fairness yeah. deadpool is kind of an inversion of what we expect from x-men and i think that's one of the reasons it's very yeah. refreshing and, it, and to an extent logan is as well and i think there's real room in the mcu for something that plays with 100%. our expectations which 100%. says hey it's going to be this kind of and i thought that was what wonder vision was going to be like but instead it was the opposite where it showed me something yeah. weird and interesting and then was all like but what if secretly it was superheroes punching each other in a boring cgi yeah. and i was like no like i wish that in the last episode of wonder vision instead of uh, them having a fight and then the two visions talking 
they just talked. Like I could, I could just do without the stupid CGI fight. Like, just have, just have a so we were talking about, um, we were talking about Doctor Strange earlier, and I, the one thing I really do like about that film is the yeah, it's time so loop. cool. I yeah, really like... like that. Instead of two people just punching each other, he just replays that sequence over again until he psychologically yeah, it, breaks. And, his like, enemy. And he just I love it over and over again, <laughs> and then and then it just doesn't matter. And like, and eventually he's all like, "What are you gonna do?" stay here killing me forever and yeah like like what i love about <laughs> that idea is that ending is that he solves that problem through outwitting his enemy and through wearing them yeah. down yeah psychologically because because his enemy is an alien monster thing a cloud of cgi too yeah. powerful to be defeated by just punching and like actually the mcu yeah. always kind of stops one like they're like thanos is the greatest power in the world he's so powerful he can punch the hulk and you're all like cool and then they're all like but you know maybe thor could kill him with a big axe to the chest and but but not if he's got his magic glove on if he's got his magic if he's got his magic glove on <laughs> he's basically in, invincible and then you have that bit at the start of endgame where he's all like i had to destroy my magic glove because it made me too powerful plot wise and then this wouldn't have worked <laughs> it's a bit like like i i just like i just i feel like yeah like like the, the writing but i feel like they've got these ideas for certain sequences or certain character interactions and then they work backwards from there to how they got there yeah. rather than going well, what have we got we've got this character who's in this place how would like where could we go from here because it's definitely going to lead somewhere that isn't as like marvel formula and that's the problem is that they need to yeah. to bring it back like it's like the frequency with which films end with people being all like i am definitely going to change my whole life and then the next one starts and, and tony's all like but Iron Man again, and like, yeah, uh, and, and like you know, like there's a certain like, again. We've said this before. But one of the reasons I really like the Captain America trilogy is because there's a logical line. S Steve believes in the government, yeah. but then he wakes up in the future, and as it turns out, the government's kind of shitty now. Uh, or wait, well, probably always was, but he couldn't see it because he was younger and more naive. Um, and then he discovers that the, the the government are bad and that they're spying on people and that it's awful so in the third one he's like a he's like a criminal who doesn't want to work for the government anymore and it like it just it like it's just a, like and it's not it's not like revolutionary it's just it's literally just taking no, where he was at the end of the last film yeah and following it through in some way yeah a logical yeah a logical and i think way. that that's kind of what a lot of it is missing for me is that like it doesn't really feel like it's concerned with what would happen to that character next. It feels like it's... Con okay, so we're going to wrap this up with what you would like to see, what you think okay. is actually going to happen. So what I think is actually going to happen is that there's going to be uh, an evil Loki who is in charge of something, and then at the end, three Lokis are going to kind of hit each other a lot, and there'll be some quips where they're all like, whoa, what a crazy scenario with three Lokis. <laughs> um, <laughs> what I would like to happen would be for it to go, I would like Owen Wilson's character and Loki to be stranded somewhere and go through a deep emotional turmoil where they only have each other. <laughs> like I'd like them to be trapped somewhere in time and not be able to escape. And for the TVA stuff to become largely irrelevant to the plot um irrelevant. and for owen wilson and him to have to like you know just talk to each other <laughs> i like that what's that um i agree with you mostly i think uh 
Marvel never knows how to drop hints without paying something off. So at some point, we will see Mobius Ops, on a jet ski. Yeah. Um, I I think the whole the leaders of the 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 TVA thing is just suspicious and weird and that woman is hiding something so that's going to be revealed um, yeah I do think you're right I think this Loki we've been introduced to as the antagonist I think that's a distraction and there is going to be another Loki who's behind everything or even fooling her into thinking she's in charge of everything but she's not um, what I would like to see I mean I'm I'm kind of annoyed that it's so plot heavy so early on because I did just kind of want seven yeah. episodes of wackiness before it got serious I wanted to just see a hundred different variants. I want to see Disco Loki and I want to see Abominable Snowman Loki um, and I want to see uh, Loki who shot JFK. Mm. I want all those Lokis. No, but I it don't feels think like we get all those Lokis. I think we might get a Loki with a party well, hat if we're lucky. Yeah, it feels, like they've, um, it feels like at the end of the last one they really kind of jettisoned the idea of him working with the TVA and pushed it back into a, him off on his own adventure and maybe them following him or something and like... Well, I mean, yeah, because the thing is I've seen a lot of people say why did he run off and I think if you look in the context of the episode the black lady seems to think he was in on her getting attacked. So I think he realized, if I stay here, they're definitely going to arrest yeah. me or disintegrate me maybe. And obviously it seems like the female Loki deliberately yeah, left, left the portal open long, open long enough for him through, to jump yeah, through. So. Yeah, so he's, he's going to go and try and clear his name. How much luck he'll have with that, who knows. Um, I feel like, like I've said it before, I feel like anyone who's listened to this might feel like we're down on the season. We definitely are really excited. I'm personally really excited for this. I just think the trailers made it look like something really different <laughs> and with the Wednesday release and the marketing. I don't know. It just felt, I mean, and I guess maybe, you know, more fool us because we've already been fooled twice by these revolutionary also, Disney other, Plus my shows. Also, my other prediction would um, be um, the, the female Loki is going to go, actually, I left the gun behind because I needed you to work out where I was because you following me through the portal is part of my plan. I was wondering about that as well, because I just don't see mm. why she... No, why is she leaving shit behind? Why would she leave any any, any clues? Because she'd clearly already got the charges from the team that she incapacitated. So I don't know why she'd need to leave a clue. There's got to be something yeah. in there. Um, yeah, I think you're right with that. Uh, but yeah, I think out. that there's a lot of potential there. And I, and I also think that to a certain extent, Tom Hiddleston's performance is going to carry it through to be relatively exciting and fun 100 regardless of 100%. like i mean they could like you know what i mean like he's not quite anthony hopkins but they could give him pretty much whatever to read and i'd probably enjoy it a fair amount because yeah i oh, know he's doing he's doing really really well i mean like you said there's several beats he has to hit in every episode it's that kind of oh my god everything i've ever believed in was a lie and i'm gonna i'm not gonna mm. succeed and i won't see my mom again i won't see my dad again i won't see my brother again he has to go through that and then a minute later he's like it's a stupid talking clock i'm going yeah, to hit and it and then there's the you know i really i really like the some of the snarky stuff with him you know the um i'm smart i know you are okay yeah then. okay then like those back and forth are really well done they they play off each other really well he delivers that stuff really well because the great thing about loki is that even as a character who has seen the holes in his facade exposed several times, he can't help but still try and project that that aura yeah. of I know everything and I'm in charge of everything. Um, and he plays that really well. Like, it's an enjoyable performance to watch. There is just that feeling of dread that it's going to descend into a yeah, CGI punch that's, that's what I'm I don't want about. it to. I think this is the one chance you have to do something different. Um, but we'll watch it again. Even if it descends into a CGI punch fest, I think it'll probably be pretty good. I think it'll probably be better than most of them realistically 
I think so. I like. I'm, I was surprised to say. I was surprised to hear you say this was your least favorite opening of them so far. Because I've definitely. I don't say. I. I don't. I wouldn't quite put next to one division, but I definitely am enjoying it more than um, the We're Not Captain America show. Yeah, I mean, so, I, I, I'm definitely after two episodes. I'm definitely enjoying it more than that. What I would say is the first episode of that was like very heavy on the race politics and psychological toll of being a superhero. And those are ideas that I thought yeah, were fascinating. That's, that's fair. It very quickly swerved away from them. Um, but yeah, I, I, I really liked the first two episodes of Loki. I just didn't like, I just feel like they could, could be a little bit more. And that's what I want from them, I guess. So um, that is it for this week. We'll tr- hopefully try and catch the next episode or maybe we might do, every two we'll see what happens um if you stay tuned for the later on this week i'm going to do our first hip-hop podcast um i won't reveal who it is just yet but i'm very excited for people to hear it so the plan is hopefully we'll do one geek one a week and then one hip-hop one a week um we actually have listeners which is really nice to see i was getting the metrics for last episode yes i i i got people like so i was talking to one of one of my friends and he was all like oh yeah he he, he messaged me being all like I can't believe you like Guardians of the Galaxy two, and I kind of assumed, just, I, I, assumed I kind of assumed he'd just watched Guardians of the Galaxy two and was, and was berating me about it. But no, it was because he'd listened to the podcast and heard me saying that I like Guardians, and I was all like, "Oh no, why people are, people people listened? What the fuck?" So like, thank you. We we, yeah, we want to thank, thank you, you so everyone. Much. If you whatever platform you're listening, because we're on every platform apart from Apple Podcasts at the moment, because it takes ten weeks to get approval. Um, but oh, yeah. you can you can hear catch us on pretty much everything else um anchor spotify okay so just keep listening we'll be keep updating this um and if you do like us please share it with your friends please give us a like please write review because that's stuff that helps boost us in the algorithm and get out there and then hopefully yeah, you can like start and doing subscribe more of these. share and, yeah, and like and subscribe comment do all of that stuff because share. we want we want sponsors we want to shill cheap things so yeah, that we I, can live off i'd this. really like to tell people about hello fresh Yes, because um, <laughs> I've I've heard that it's a it's a fantastic service from numerous people. I'd really like to, I'd really like to talk more about Squarespace, Squarespace because, and Skillshare and all those oh, yeah, good Skillshare, things. Skillshare, yeah. I don't know what any of these things are because I skip them when they're doing the sponsorships. But like, I, I, I but we I, won't skip them once they start paying us, which they'll only do if you listen to us. So please, straight, honestly, yeah. thanks thanks again, guys. But please. Um, let people know about us and also like you are listening um, so whether you want to message us privately if you know us or if you want to hit us up on social media on pretty much everything it's panels and bars or I'm BB Manic and um, let us know stuff you'd like to hear us talk about uh, any views you have on Loki do you agree with us disagree with us um, but yeah as we go forward like, like we said we'll probably cap, um, we'll probably talk about Batman at some point in the future we're definitely going to talk about Matrix yeah, we when that comes out um, we'll figure out something to watch for Black Widow, I don't know if I watch any of the previous MCU stuff because she's not in that much, really. Um, but we'll figure something out, and uh, yeah, we're, we're going to keep coming up with new and different stuff. Bad films that we that we think we, we don't think are that bad, or bad things that we know are that bad, but we still love them anyway. Mm. Um, but yeah, thank you for listening. You will hear us again soon. Have a good week. It's goodbye from me. See you later, boy.